Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Fightful's The Hump with uh, Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. Fightful.com. Yeah, yeah. What's up, you guys? Welcome to Fightful. It is February 28th, 2024. It's time to hump. We got AEW Revolution this week, Sting's retirement, some unfortunate news as well. But um, yeah, we got we got a lot going on, man. We we've posted more interviews in February than probably any month that we've ever had uh, between all of our platforms, targeting uh, something like 366 interviews this year. I think we can we can get there as well. We're talking to everybody, but today we're talking to Jimmy Van. Jimmy, how you doing? Doing good, Sean Russap. Aren't you going to the Carolinas this weekend? I am. I leave Saturday. I'll be back Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Denise and I will both be back in time for the post-Raw show is the plan. And the AEW Revolution post-show is going to have Phil Lindsay of Grapsity as well as Iridian Fierro, who does the uh, Collision post-show. And we're hoping Cresta can join them as well. But uh, if not, then it'll be those two. I'm going to try to call in as well. Um, I'm not going to be there for the whole presser. I'm going to try to little slip in there if Sting's there. But I'm going to try to do a little call-in situation there. But going to get some behind-the-scenes news and all that stuff. Nose around, you know, doing my thing. Doing your thing, yeah. Too bad you don't have hair to get cut off this time. That'd be fun. I'm very, very glad. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, <laughs> who I'm dropping an interview with on Thursday, will have the notes on Fightful Select. I'll brag about Select later. She said that she would beat up Luther like a little extra for me just for him messing with my hair. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. D- she's the first person to ever be interviewed by Fightful 10 times, Jimmy. Really? 10 times. Uh, Steve Macklin, seven already. And... I started several years before with Deanna because she wasn't in WWE and we were able to get a bunch more interviews with her. As a result, we've crammed like seven Steve Macklin interviews in the last three years. Like he's always the same place we are. Right. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest. I learned of Deanna through you. 
Like you're, you're how I knew who she was. And uh, yeah, she's done amazing. She's doing really well. So we've got a pretty good track record of stuff like that. It's, it's not hard when somebody is out there doing the work. Like there, there are some, especially like on the indie scene right now that you see, and I'm not trying to exclude anybody, but anytime people ask me like, well, who are some people that you see getting major contracts? And I'm like, well, right out of the gate, uh, Jordan Oliver, J-Rod, Eric Ademia, like some of these people that Jordan Oliver isn't exactly young in his career. He's been MLW, but there are things that he's done and changed like physically and the way he presents himself. He'll show up everywhere in a suit. Um, like they're, they're a great crop of independent talent. And what I like is independent wrestling is getting hot again. So you're going to see people like that, that, that are going to blow up and, J-Rod, who I've been putting over a lot, appeared on ROH recently. Uh, Eric Ademia, I think immediately after we did our interview at WrestleCade, she was on NWA and got announced for the Virtual Basement game. I think Brittany Brooks is killing it. She's going to be highlighted an awful lot in, in the future. But, man, the, the crop of indie talent understands, I think, this era, how being like a TV ready look is important to even get like signed anymore because WWE is happy to just churn out a Tiffany Stratton. If they can, they're happy to miss 10 times. If one out of those 10 times results in a Tiffany Stratton, you know what I mean? Randy, I just saw the Randy Orton, Amy documentary. Yeah. He's a perfect example. He, yeah. he hadn't, he hadn't trained a lick, but he goes down there and he's number one. He's Bob Orton's kid, obviously, but number two, sure. big guy, good looking kid in shape. And so they gave him an opportunity. You're right. Like it, the aesthetic is important. It is. And I think of a Jordan grace because not only oh did gosh, she, yeah. not only did she change her physical look, but her gear is top notch. Like she looks, yep. she looks, I don't want to use the word elite, but you know what I'm saying? She looks elite uh, when she's out there because of her gear. So it's, it is very important. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, Maggie Lee is another one. That's that's one that Shaza actually put over, and she came like from a, a volleyball background, and she wears like volleyball knee pads and volleyball sneakers and socks and stuff. Looks like a million bucks. Uh, like there, there's just so many really good independent talent that already have like a TV ready look right now. But uh, Deanna was was ahead of that as well. Always and now, whenever she's on pay per view, she's got incredible gear. All that. A guy who was in that boat, Jimmy, is a guy, uh, Daniel Garcia, who's got a TNT title shot this weekend at Revolution. Grapsity interviewed him. He was one that a couple of years ago, John Alba was like, hey, everybody needs to be watching Daniel Garcia. Before anybody else, he was doing it. Brian Keith had something that was separating himself from everybody else. Uh, still tipping with the, the, the theme music and the presentation. Like th that's what I'm really liking about this era of independent wrestlers is they understand that they, that by and large, they need a TV ready look, but uh, man, there's a lot going on. Uh, let me, let me promote this real quick. If you're watching here on youtube.com slash fightful, first off, thank you. We've got post shows every single night this week, like quite literally through the next two weeks, there's a show every single night, but we also have news shows. We're working on bringing another one in. We got uh, more free interviews than anywhere. Uh, we've got the most paywalled content and we have the most free content as well. But if you want to get your question or statement in here on YouTube, send a super chat. If you're watching on Twitch, Facebook, uh, Twitter, or you're on audio platforms after the fact, you can send in humper chats 
H-U-M-P-E-R, chats.com. That's our Streamlabs platform. Please remember, we are on podcast platforms everywhere. So audio, all that good stuff uh, we got there. Please leave us nice reviews. That would help an awful lot. Uh, BL says, Jimmy, please bring a show. <laughs> Talking about aliens with SRS and Denise, the X-Filefuls. Oh, Jimmy, did you see this? I did not. Do I what do I want to ask even? I don't know if I got Kyler um to clip this, but he needs to. Somebody sent us a super chat the other day, Jimmy, and they said, Sean and Denise, would you be interested in doing a non-wrestling show, like whether it was a podcast or something on terrestrial radio? And Denise said, Yeah, I'd love to do a show with Sean about aliens. Yep. Doesn't surprise me at all about it. It's, and and honestly, as part of her charm, there have been there have been so many times that I have seen clips of you guys, and you will mention something from pop culture. I'm not disrespecting Denise. This is just kind of it's kind of cute about her. You'll mention something from pop culture, and if it was from beyond, like five years ago, she has no clue. And I <laughs> yes. and I and I, I find it funny because she's she's just cute in uh, in how she handles. She's it. wonderful. She's yeah. the best. She is the absolute best. Mm -hmm. uh, so are you going to do a radio show, Sean Ross app? If I got paid enough, I would, I would love to do a show with Denise. Like that, that's what I've always mentioned. Like if a situation ever came up and Denise couldn't do the raw show with me, I would angle to find another show to do with Denise. Like I would love to, I always want to keep Denise associated with Fightful always. So let, let's talk some unfortunate news. Van Twinblade says Virgil and Oli same 48 hours. Goddamn. Meat Normus says, R.I.P. Virgil, now on to meat business. What sauce would you put on Meat Madness to make it meatier? By sauce, I mean Willie Mac, Brody, or Miro. I would add Miro to it if they if they could. I don't know if they can. People have been very quiet about his absence, but I do want to talk about Virgil. Jimmy, uh, you, you start. Yep, so th this one I uh, just found out today. Uh, Mike Jones, Virgil's passed away at the age of 61. Uh, he had been having health issues for the last couple of years. And I saw a post by Tatanka, uh, Chris Chavis, I think is his name, right? He posted on Facebook three weeks ago that Virgil had suffered several strokes. and wasn't doing well then. And so we found out today that he passed. Obviously everybody knows him. Ted DiBiase's bodyguard. This man gave him the name Virgil. This is some of the old school stuff that a lot of fans might not know from today, but this man gave him the name Virgil as a rib because Dusty Rose's real name was Virgil and Dusty was booking yeah. WCW at the time. That's how this man was. So then later on when Mike Jones went to WCW, they turned the tables called him Vincent as a return rib on Vince McMahon later in life though. I think a lot of today's fans, Sean, they know Virgil kind of as a meme, like they know sure. lonely Virgil pictures from conventions. I saw SP three say that he saw him like in a subway selling yep. eight by 10 subway platform. Uh, and you have a story about an interview that you did with him. What's your personal story? Oh boy. So I would get messages from the Virgil account and say random stuff like let's crank. <laughs> like, what, what does this mean? Um, <clears throat> I got reached out to, to promote his meat sauce madness mobile game. And for those of you who don't know, uh, we've posted this interview publicly. It was a subscriber or 5,000 subscriber goal for select, but he was managed by the same people that manage the iron sheet. So yeah. when you would see tweets, more than likely they're from those, those two fellas who are Canadian 
entrepreneurs, I guess is a generous way to, to put it, <laughs> but Sean knows I know them. Yeah. I was actually very excited to do the Virgil interview because I was a Virgil fan as a little kid. And if you grew up watching Ted DiBiase, then you were a Virgil fan because you wanted him to beat up Ted DiBiase so bad. That's how good Ted DiBiase was. It's how sympathetic Virgil played that role. The million dollar championship. First off, they should have done it at Mania instead of SummerSlam, but hey, whatever. Uh, I, I wanted to ask him about that. I wanted to ask him about the NWO. I wanted to ask him about like this Madison Square Garden Royal Rumble that he was in. I wanted to ask him about the West Texas Rednecks. I was excited to get like a good, serious interview because I had seen a panel he did with Ted DiBiase a few months prior, and it was just really good. Like he wasn't making jokes and it wasn't becoming a meme. Well, I don't think the managers were interested in him not being a meme because I started to do this interview and I knew that his management was like around on the line, but I would ask him these questions that there'd be this awkward silence of like six or seven seconds, which doesn't seem like a lot, Jimmy, but when you're interviewing somebody and they're interacting with you, it does seem like it, like it is a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to just move on and then he would start answering the question. And like halfway through the interview in my head, I was like, he's being fed these answers in his ear, which I mean, some of them were funny, very funny. In fact, I was, I asked him about the Madison square garden rumble and he goes, yeah, me and Joey Janela could sell out the garden, the olive garden. And then I said, who would play Virgil in a movie? And he says, probably Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was so bad. It was so bad. But I have a method with interviews that are terrible. I monetize them. I'm like, if you want to see us at our absolute worst, well, here's a goal. I like Braun Breaker, another guy who's great. Interviews were so bad. To the point to where I tried to acquire other people's bad interviews to put them on select. Mm. But this was one that I did. And it is the most watched select exclusive interview of all time. Not only that, we posted it today and it's outdrawing all the AEW stuff that we did. Wow, really? Uh, I posted it publicly. It's there. It's painfully awkward. But uh, I had a blast doing it. Like, it was so... It was funny to look back at. Like even Eric Bischoff told me that he watched it. I think he talked about it on his show. And he was like, well, at least he was self-aware about it. But it was so bad. Uh, but I look at it as a positive memory. And it's a memory that I, I have with Virgil that I would not otherwise have. Um, no negative interactions with, with that man. And, uh, you know, that dementia is something very close to my heart he had suffered from that the last couple of years and uh man i just i feel really bad for his his family and friends and of course his fans as well uh, joey janela posted a really really sweet tribute to him on twitter talked about how one time he just he, he talked a promoter into flying virgil over to the uk on two days notice because he wanted to hang out with him <laughs> uh like i i love that um i'm loving the stories about both one, how Shane Helms said that he was looking out into the crowd one time and somebody said, are you channeling Rock Hogan? And he goes, no, I was channeling DiBiase Virgil. And that's legit. Like, 
as lo- I, I like seeing him get his flowers and get his respect. I do wish it could have came sooner, but the business that he was in was, you know, sort of memeing. So I understand yeah. it. And I, I got to say, he did pretty damn good at memeing as well. He memed before there were. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing, too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Really memes. So... Yeah, and you know what? The good thing today, too, is I've seen mostly, like you said, positive tributes, and I've seen a lot of reference to the DiBiase turn when he, you know, uh, did the babyface turn on Ted DiBiase. And that's what Shane Helms was talking about. After Virgil hit Ted DiBiase with the belt, he looked out at the crowd, similar to what Rock and Hogan did when they had their stare down. So uh, I'm glad that today has been mostly positives and mostly callbacks to that time as opposed to the meme stuff. But, uh, Condolences to the family of Mike Jones, uh, Virgil. Uh, yeah. the, the other one, uh, which maybe today's fans aren't as familiar with, uh, it was announced on Monday, Ole Anderson passed away at the age of 82. He is someone, a lot of people might think of him as, oh, he's one of the uh, original members of the Four Horsemen, which he was. But he was a lot more than that. He was very influential as a booker for a lot of years. Yep. He was booker with Georgia Championship Wrestling and later with WCW. And he was the mastermind behind some pretty notorious angle Sean Ross app. Yeah, the like Shockmaster. The, he was the voice of the Shockmaster. Yes, he was. He was the voice of the Shockmaster. He was also the voice of the Black Scorpion. If people remember the Black oh, yeah. Scorpion with Sting and Ric Flair. Well, he was, and it was the same voice, Shockmaster voice, Black Scorpion, exactly the same. <laughs> But, uh, but he uh, was, he was very influential in the eighties and nineties. And, uh, so my, my, uh, condolences to his family. Do you have any memories about Oli or was he a bit before your time? He was before my time. No, zero memories about Oli outside of Teddy Long, uh, calling him out on round table for some colorful things, some, some racial things that he said. Oh, that, is that right? Obvious, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which obviously we don't condone, but I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, no, no memories of Ole Anderson. Definitely before my time. But um, we're about to actually talk about something that that just it started my time in wrestling, Jimmy. Because like as Ole Anderson got out, I assume like not long after that is when I started to watch pro wrestling. 
I've mentioned this before on the air. What I saw, my first image that I saw was Ric Flair and Great Muda standing on turnbuckles inside of a cage. And later on, I saw a guy with face paint climbing up that cage, which I, I know to be Sting. And the guy climbing up the cage is what made me go, I've got to watch this. Whatever this is, I got to watch it and I got to find as much of it as I can. I don't know if I saw it as it happened or if I saw it a couple of years later because I don't remember anything else <laughs> from those eras. And I might have been a little too young to remember. But uh, Sting's wrapping it up, Jimmy. Was that the one when he busted up his knee in the cage? It was. That was that so, one. Okay. So for, for him, probably an all-time terrible moment. For me, a pivotal moment, an important moment, a life-changing moment. Because, you know what? I'm sure I would have liked wrestling in some capacity had I seen the Rockers or Legion of Doom first or something. Mm -hmm. But there was something about, and even then, WCW was like dingy, like sort of dimly lit type of things. But I saw that and I was like, these are like real life cartoon characters and I love cartoons. Like, where can I get more of this? Where can I see more of this? And sting was sting was that. And when I break down his matches, I always say this, I'm never going to take for granted getting to see sting perform because when he was forced into retirement, I had never got to see him. So when double or nothing 2021 rolled around, I was like, Oh my God, I actually get to see him perform. So uh, to the point where this weekend I'm going pretty much as a fan to this show, uh, I'll get some work done, of course, but like Sting, Sting is there. He's, he's giving, but he's also like WCW superhero. He's like oh, yeah. their, he's their guy to the point to where all due respect to our good friends at bet online, AG young bucks are the favorite. I think Sting's going to win this match. Really? I think Sting wins the match. And retire the belts. Retire really? with the belts. Yep. That's interesting. Well, he's, he's good. It's unbelievable looking at him. He's going to be 65 at the end of this month. Yeah. 65. He, he started wrestling. His debut was in 1985. He was part of a tag team called power team USA with Jim Hellwig, who people know is the ultimate warrior. So we're talking a 40 year career. And one thing I want to say about AEW, you know, the, we've talked about tribalism and wrestling, Sean, and some people love AEW. Some people hate AEW. Whether you love them or you hate them, I think that you have to at least acknowledge they've handled Sting incredibly well these three plus years that he's been there because WWE did not handle Sting well. You know, he didn't have yeah. a good run in WWE. They didn't really take care of him. Uh, he was there, it seemed, to put other people over. AEW rejuvenated his career, and to see a 64-year-old man diving through tables is insane. And uh, I think he's had a really great run. I think Darby was a, was a good spot for him. Um, uh, and, and even, you know what? I saw that the young bucks got some hate because they're the final match, but he you got yeah, you got to understand number one, he picked them. Number two sting at this, at this time of his career, he's not working a single match on. No, he, you know he told I mean? Seahawk a couple years ago. He didn't want to do singles matches. Right. Right. So like, and, and the young bucks, you know, were, were two of the founding fathers of AEW. So the whole thing makes sense to me. And also their their whole angle right now is manipulating their positions. Like that's the angle is that they manipulate the positions to get themselves into favorable spots and spots that other people want. Um, that's that's the gimmick. Well, you you talked about your earliest memory of Sting. For me, my earliest memory is actually the magazines because okay. I didn't have cable TV when I was a kid. So the magazines is how I was able to learn about the territories. And I remember learning about this tag team called the Blade Runners 
which was Sting. And ironically, again, Jim Helwig, uh, who I think was Blade Runner Rock at the time. And then after that, I learned about the UWF, which was Bill Watts territory. And that's where Sting and Rick Steiner were tag team champions. And Sting ended up in WCW because Bill Watts basically merged the UWF with, with uh, yeah. the NWA at the time. And that's, that's how WCW came to be. That's my earliest memory of him. What is your best memory of Sting? Is it the same uh, one as your earliest or is there something else? The when he switched into the crow was like as a kid, that was the coolest thing. Cause I had never seen like a reinvention quite like that at that point, except for Hulk Hogan, who he was directly going against. So I had Hulk Hogan, who was a childhood favorite, Sting, childhood favorite, but they were different than I had known them. I also loved especially like the early 96, late 95 tag team with Lex Luger. Oh my God, that was some of my favorite stuff where Lex was an asshole. Sting knew he was an asshole. Kind of like real life his, at the time, yeah. <laughs> it was his buddy. Yeah. It's his dude. And I still am waiting for somebody else to sort of pick that up. Um, but I mean, even beyond that, like his reinvention into the Joker was very cool. And it was very clearly a ripoff of the Joker. But he did it so well. Mm -hmm. And then all the times I've gotten to see him live and jump off of crazy shit. Um, I've met him one time. He did a little bit of a run in during my Eric Bischoff interview in Jacksonville. You couldn't see him on camera. But if you go back and watch, you can see Eric talk to him off camera. And I'm like, oh, shit. I've often mentioned this. The only time I've been kind of starstruck during an interview of all people was the fake sting, Jimmy. You mentioned that. <laughs> because I was like, is he going to want to do an interview about being somebody else? And Jeremy is like, why wouldn't he talk to you? Do the interview. And he was wonderful. Like, I am so torn between this match being a banger and it being like a tribute to like the good, bad, and ugly of Sting's career. Like, I want fucking RoboCop to come out there. <laughs> I want Nick Patrick to run out, but Bret Hart to clock him in the face and be like, not this time, pal. No, uh, I want hit Ric Flair to try to turn on him, but Sting catches him this time. Oh, I, I want all of that. I, I just, man, I, I've got such fond memories of Sting and and how important he was. Uh, let's get to a couple of these super chats. As Alex says, crazy to think Sting's last match is almost here. Sting's crow gimmick in WCW made me a fan of wrestling. What's your favorite Sting moment or match? Thanks for all you do. Best five bucks in the business. So we'll, I'll, I'll, Ask yours, Jimmy. What's your favorite moment? So when I was in my, I guess it was early teens, my parents finally got a satellite dish after I didn't have cable forever. So I was able to watch non-WWF wrestling. And at that time, Sting was in a program with the Great Muda at that yeah. particular time. And so my first exposure to WCW, getting to watch it on television, was Sting versus the Great Muda. And that's why I've always had a love. I've, I've talked about Muda before on this podcast, and I'm not the biggest Japanese wrestling guy today in terms sure. of the current scene, but I'm a big Muda guy because I got to see him and Sting so many times back in the day and they had some epic matches. And then that was kind of the start of Sting essentially becoming their John Cena because from Muda, he won the title. He feuded with the four horsemen, then came the black scorpion thing and everything else. So for me, probably Sting and great Muda are the ones that really stick out in my mind because the other thing about Sting he was not perceived as a bad worker, but he definitely was not looked at as Ric Flair in the ring. Sure. But with Muda, he kept up, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, that 
series of matches with him and Muda, probably my favorites and, and something that I still remember. Oh, man. Taylor says Sting has been a favorite of mine for around 30 years. My favorite Sting moment is when he finally beat Flair for the title at the Great American Bash in 1990. That was around remember... the same time. Yeah. So I suspect in my mind, because I don't have a good calendar of this, but I suspect that I probably saw that clip or something probably years later, probably like 92 or something. But because I one of my earliest memories is actually sting and vader because i was like oh my god and it was a it, i i call it the undertaker method where you have a dude the size of the undertaker how do you make him sympathetic how do you make him a baby face well you got to find people way bigger than him wcw was a little bit different because they're like stings like 6'3, 250 how do you make him an underdog you find people bigger than him sid and vader not only did that but they they did it and they they weren't like terrible in the ring either. Vader was great in the ring. So I looked at that and that that changed my thing. I, I was like, oh my God, I, I got to see Sting and Vader. How's he going to beat Vader? I remember one of my dream matches at that time was Sting versus Yokozuna because Yokozuna also did that. He was that big dude who wasn't like bad in the ring as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought that was such a, a pivotal area, era because – you had poor Undertaker facing fake Undertaker and giant Gonzalez and, you know, all these people and sting was having slappers with, with Vader. It was just, it was uh, a lot of fun. Do you remember, uh, I think it was the Halloween havoc and it was sting against Sid, I believe. And Sid was part of the four horsemen at that time. And do you remember when sting is led backstage, he's chasing somebody. And then it turns out a fake sting comes out, dressed the exact same way as sting. Sid rolls up the fake sting for the three count. Everybody thinks we got a new champion. Then they find yeah. out it was a fake sting and the fake sting was Barry Windham. <laughs> you remember that? Oh my gosh. Do you remember when uh, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy did the fake sting? Yes, I do remember. Oh that my God. Sting's reaction was perfect because sting turns around and it's, it was like he saw himself as a ghost. Like he was shocked by how good it looked and it worked. Oh, that was so good. Physically. So good. He probably had it down better than Barry Wyndham did with Barry probably. Wyndham. You could tell, wait a second. Was Sting like eating cheeseburgers backstage for a few <laughs> minutes? What's going on? But uh, no, oh. Sting had a, Sting had a hell of a run, a four decade run. And uh, I'm glad that he's going out on his terms because one thing you hear a lot. And Adam Copeland said this in the Randy Orton thing on A&E. He said, sometimes you don't get to make that decision. Yeah. And Adam Copeland was saying that for him, that really bothered him. And he's glad he was able to come back and, and Sting's able to do it on his own terms. So when you think about the injury, uh, when Rollins did the power bomb into the buckle, that looked like that was going to be it. Right. And uh, yeah. Sting, was, Sting was able to come back and go out on his terms. So best of luck to him. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Sunday will not be a disappointment one way or the other. Yeah, uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors, NordVPN, then we're going to get to some Super Chats and Humper Chats, my friends. There is no product that we have promoted more on Fightful that I use while I'm awake than NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You guys have probably seen me anchored to my desk an awful lot for quite a while, and I've always got NordVPN on all my devices. That's because that's what NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows. You get the fastest VPN in the world on all your devices, on all your operating systems. It is so beneficial to have that versatility. Here at home, I put it on my router just in case, and I put it on my phone, laptop, desktop, PC, 
and smart TV. That allows you to get all the benefits. The online threat protection, the ability to change your virtual location with just one click, the ability to use that NordPass password manager, the file encryption tool, all that good stuff on everything. Also, you can subscribe to all those overseas services I'm telling you all about, all with 24-7 tech support and a 30-day money-back guarantee on top of an already amazing deal. Protect yourself on all your devices with nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Reminder, check out AEW Revolution this weekend if you're looking to save a couple bucks. Uh, nordvpn.com slash Fightful can help you. Uh, also, we've got a couple of great giveaways going on on our social media channels. A reminder, if you subscribe to our audio platforms and if you leave us a nice review on like Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and the like, you are automatically entered into all of our giveaways. So uh, check that out. We're going to probably do a third A to B revolution giveaway as well. Uh, following Fightful is a good method there, but let's get to all these super chats, humper chats. Love for Boost says, when I was a kid, I didn't know Surfer Sting and Crow Sting were the same person until WCW Revenge thought he stole the name. <laughs> like as a kid, like you never know. And I want to say one quick note on that. How rare is it for a guy to go an entire year and not say a word and be the most over he'd ever been up to that point? Because for yeah. a whole year, that Sting Hogan program, Sting didn't say shit. They just showed nope. him up in the rafter. Like unbelievable. Unbelievable, that program. Sean, any interviews planned for Revolution? Uh, no, uh, I did uh, Deanna Perrazzo this week and uh, Grapsity got Daniel Garcia. AEW doesn't usually do on-site interviews. Like if Mikey Ruckus is around, I can usually schedule something. Uh, I'm hoping that's something that changes, sort of, because I don't really like traveling that much. But uh, And Jimmy, how do you reflect on Fightful being the top wrestling media company? I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of that is to your credit, Sean. I've, I've, Thank how many you. times have I said, how many times have I said that this was a collaborative effort with, with you and yeah. I, and I had a vision and I think you had a vision too. I, matter of fact, you and I talk sometimes on, uh, offline when I will see somebody that's getting into wrestling media and if Fightful cites them, they get really excited that yeah. Fightful cited them. And I'll tell Sean, like, I love seeing that. I love seeing that. I love seeing that people look at Fightful in such high standing now that they get excited when we cite their work. So no, I'm I'm very happy with where we, with where we are, and uh, credit to you, credit to you for for getting us here. It's very flattering. There's there's nothing I'd I'd rather do. Uh, WWE versus WCW for life says I was born in '99, so I couldn't see Sting in WCW, but I became a fan in TNA. His WWE run flopped, but it was surreal getting to see him there. Goaded career, yeah, he should have absolutely beat Triple H. Agree, one hundred percent. Yep. Alex Fitzgerald says, what if Ric Flair turns on the Young Bucks for making it up to Sting or making it up to Sting for all the times he turned on him? The following Dynamite, the Bucks fire Flair. I, that would make an awful lot of sense to me, and that could be kind of kind of cool. Um, I, I really want to see the Young Bucks do the I'm sorry, I love you, super kick to Sting, and then he no-sells it and whips our asses. That's what I want. How would you compare his legacy to The Undertaker's? I believe that Taker wishes he had uh, the lasting legacy like Sting did. My dad, who's a lifelong wrestling fan, believes Sting's legacy now eclipses Taker's. It is all in the eye of the beholder. It is 1A and 1B in that sense for me. It is a longevity on screen that is almost unmatched. Um, Undertaker was consistently on TV for WWE for 30 years. Sting 
has been semi-consistently on TV since like what 86, 87, something like that. Like nationally, yeah. He was he was territorial since like 85, but yeah, nationally since like 87. And then he had that that pretty significant gap between 2015, 2016, and 2020. But um I I would not be opposed to anybody saying Sting's better than Taker, Taker's better than Sting. Like I agree. To me, it is all all of thing of preference, Jimmy. I absolutely agree. And and one thing for, about Sting, two props, props to both of them, because really, like you said, 1A, 1B. Taker had the opportunity to go back to WCW at one point. They offered him money like everybody else. He showed loyalty to Vincent Mann, and he didn't go. Sting had opportunity to go to WWE many times earlier in his career, and he's talked about it in interviews. He was concerned with how they were going to treat his character. He was concerned about how he was going to be booked. Uh, and so he kind of stayed true to himself and, uh, and, and didn't go until he decided, well, I want to do a WrestleMania. Both of them had great careers. Both of them reinvented themselves too, um, several times over. And so I agree. I wouldn't really necessarily put one above the other one, a one B it's, it's subjective. Josh Matlock says what happens if the tag belts of sting and Darby win to sting keep wrestling? Or is there another good partner for Darby? I, they won't pull a bait and switch like that. This was stings call to retire to the point to where they changed the location of where this was going to be mm-hmm. to better suit this. Um, I, I think they'd probably do a tournament or something or they, they'd work an angle into it. But like, I, I don't want to use this term negatively, but, Tony Khan is in a good way, a mark for making sure that Sting's legacy is protected. And I, to me, the way that I view it is that Tony Khan sort of wants to, he sort of wants Sting to be the logo, the mascot of, of AEW. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And the closest comparable I can think of, maybe you can think of a better one. Didn't Trish win the women's title on her retirement match? Yep. And yep. they, what did they do? They, they did a tournament for a new they, champion. Yeah. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine it'd be so I, cause I think giving Darby a new, a new partner and, and making him remain the champion, it, it, it kind of belittles things a little bit. Jeff given... Farmer. Maybe is, does he still work? Do you know? He did a couple, like, I think he did a battle Royal, uh, oh, did a he? couple, let me see. Okay. Uh, he was, let me tell you when I saw him a few years ago, dude was friggin' Jack. Is he? Man. Is he? Okay. Oh my God. Uh, he worked four years ago <laughs> at Korukin Hall. With he did great, with the great Muda against, Fuji, against Fujiwara and Tatsumi Fujinami. Get out, get out. Was he it's was he NWO Sting? He was NWO Sting. No, he was Super J for that. Super one. J. Wow, Super J. wow, interesting. Do you think Hangman will still compete at Revolution? So FightfulSelect.com, best five dollars in the business. Please do us a favor and subscribe. A lot of people were asking about Hangman last week, and it was a, a very well crafted angle, but. I just want to say this. It is impossible for me to know. It's it's like a personal thing that I don't feel like I should report on, but at, I'm sure he'll let us know type of thing. Just Mass says, Nemeth and Ali are both champs now. Hell yeah. I am so glad. Like, listen, I'm glad that, that AEW is getting all their free agents. Nemeth and Mustafa Ali doing TNA, New Japan, and the Indies has helped reinvigorate things. K775 says Star K97 always feels like WCW sliding doors moment. Sting ended up dropping the title in April to Savage, then everything became a mess. Well, they vacated it even before that, if you remember. Uh, Jimmy, I think that match should have been Sting walking in and squashing Hulk Hogan in the main event of Starcade in three or four minutes and Hogan tapping out. That should have been that. That 
so from what I've always understood, and maybe maybe you've heard from people that can back it up. I've always understood that was a Hogan call, right? To have Nick Patrick do a regular count. Yep, that's um, what he pushed for, yeah. And and um, if I'm Eric Bischoff at that time, I understand Hogan had creative control, but uh, I believe that was done unbeknownst to Bret Hart, wasn't it? Or unbeknownst to Sting. It killed the yeah. whole thing. Basically a year build, and they killed it by Hogan beating Sting clean as a sheet with a regular count. Um, it's unfortunate. By then, I think that the die was already cast in terms of the future of WCW. But yeah. uh, it's a, yeah, that they killed the whole thing. A year build was killed with one selfish decision in that match. Yeah. What are the plans for Logan and Gunther? Right now, Logan is planned for something with Randy Orton. Randy Orton, right. Gunther, that's a TBD. Do you think any results were changed after no surrender after Scott left? Or are they keeping Scott's plans in place for the time being? Um, I'm sure that, that some of what was planned was adjusted a little bit. But uh, I, I don't know that for sure. But just based on the pushes that we saw and, and all that stuff, like everything looks, it doesn't look like anything like too crazy is going on right now. But yeah. Hi, Sean, Jimmy. I'm a girl wrestling fan. I love Denise. Who doesn't love Denise? She's wonderful. Uh, thank you for coming by, Danielle. Percentage of Julia being in WWE by the end of the year, I would say 60%. Shire says any other women WWE is interested in signing. I haven't heard of any as of yet. Doesn't mean that there aren't. Still wish we could have got Sting and Cody and AEW. Me too, brother. Me too. Snap Grapple Pop says been a fan on and off since 91, but AEW is the first time I've watched Sting regularly. So AEW Sting is my main Sting. So happy I got to see him at Wembley. Oh my God, the Seek and Destroy. Do you think they'll have Seek and Destroy this week? Like, Seeking, what do you mean? Seeking the the Metallica theme from oh uh, the old the old maybe I mean knowing Tony Khan probably he's not afraid to shell yeah. the money for that but yeah oh, just just to that person who said that their their first sting is AEW sting he's had a great run but obviously he's in his sixties go back uh, on YouTube and look at some of the stuff from the eighties because again for a guy who was a body guy or he was known as a body guy he could work like he could keep up with mm -hmm. um, with the in ring guys so check out some of the stuff. Got a bunch of super chats and humper chats still. Nelson says WWE's men's division will be one of WWE's biggest problems in three years. Cena, Rock, and Austin no longer wrestling. Bunch of guys closer to 50. WWE is not going to get a lot more fans because of the very American-focused TV product. So that is where I think that AEW is being very smart. They're getting Okada. They're getting Osprey. They've, they've re-signed Omega in the Bucks and Hangman. And on the men's side of things in WWE, they got Carmelo. They got trick. Those are very, very good. Like, you know, they're not going to miss there. Braun Breaker, they're not going to miss there. So that's three pretty integral talents to work in there. They do have a lot of people in their mid forties. Obviously you're, you're right. At the same time, sometimes all the taste is just the right time or something to catch fire. And I, I, it's also I, think, true. I think back to an LA night who it just took, you know, the Bray program really helped him. It gave him the opportunity to cut promos. Sometimes it just takes the right guy in the right time. And if anything, I think LA Knight once again proved that promos, uh, promo work is as important, if not more important than what you do in the ring yeah. in order to become a star. So I think WWE will be all right, but I do agree, especially now with Rock as a focal point, um, that they do have a lot of guys in their, in their late 30s and above. <laughs> What else do we got here? Do you think there's any connection with the Good Brothers being in NXT and Tama Tonga signing with WWE? 
for sure there were conversations there. There were absolutely conversations there. And uh, I, I had just never heard of any rumors of Tamatanga going to W or AEW. And that's something that I referenced in an interview that I did with Tamatanga. And he played coy about it. But it's weird that we had never seen that or heard of it. Go ahead. No, I, I want to talk about Tamatanga. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So um, Meltzer was the first one that reported it, uh, mm-hmm. and you confirmed it that he's headed to WWE. Um, I posted something on Twitter that I didn't know was going to get hate, and sure. you and I kind of joked about it. I said on Twitter that he could be an interesting addition to the Bloodline story. Oh, because yeah. Because he's, he's not a blood relative of the of the Anawai'i family, which is Roman's family, or the Fatu family, which is the Uso's family. But his family for decades has been ingrained because of Aku, well, King, guess, Ta- guess, King Tonga. Guess who is also is not a blood relative of the Anawai'i family? The Rock is not. The Rock. Yes. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So there, yesterday, there were several people on Twitter, and Sean and I talked about it. Um, there were several people on Twitter that were angry about the idea of a Tongan being part of a Samoan bloodline family story because they just did not know that Haku has been considered a, a member of that family for decades. Uh, yeah. And it, it, I actually posted uh, an Instagram post from the rock where he talked about how he called him uncle Tonga. He talked about how, when he got his try with WWE, he called- referenced it on Jimmy Kimmel. That's how I, like when you had posted that, I was like, really? Cause even I hadn't been hit to that. Right. And then I watched and I was like, Oh my God! He's not only doing that; he is—he's outright calling him Uncle Tonga. Yeah. And there are some people that were like, "Oh, well, that's just common in in Samoan culture to call people Uncle and Oost." And I was like, "He bought him a fucking truck." Yeah, and not just that. When Rock got his tryout with WWE back in '96, Haku gave him his gear. Yeah. Because he didn't have any gear. And and Haku gave him gear in order to do the tryout. I knew about the the relationship between Haku and the family. I don't know, because you asked me yesterday how I knew. I don't know how I knew, but I just did. And yeah. I, I knew that Peter Maivia helped train him. I knew that. And I knew that he he teamed up with the Tonga kid uh, uh, as uh, the he Islanders. Teamed, he, he teamed with a fellow by the name of Rocky Johnson as well a few times. Haku did? Yes. Okay, I didn't yes. know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I pulled up right now. Um, December 17th, 1978 in Orlando, January uh, 8th, the following year. And then January 17th, uh, Prince Tonga and Rocky Johnson took on, uh, Mr. Saito and Mr. Saito. Oh, there you go. There you go. I didn't know about that, but I, I knew about my via and, uh, I just, yeah, they're, they're all ingrained in the family. And so very easily Tama Tonga could be part of the bloodline story. But what I was going to ask you was, where do you think he would be a good fit? Because there is the bullet club. Uh, background. So he's got a history with AJ Styles and he's got a history with uh, with Finn Balor. The bloodline thing is kind of obvious too. Like, where do you think is a good fit for Tamatanga in WWE? Oh, I, I honestly don't. I, there's a couple different ways you could go with it. You could have him be associated with Bullet Club. And I think that would be good because you know, Roman solo or Jimmy can be like, could have hung out with us and then they could play off of that. And they could even be like, you're not really one of us anyway. Maybe you're better off over there. You could start a little feud there. Uh, there, I think the bullet club needs the help. Carl Anderson and Gallows are directionless. Yes. Without AJ. Yes. I think they need it. 
Interesting. Maybe that's where they go. Because what I was thinking too was Cody's suddenly recruiting people and there's only so many members of the bloodline to go around. And I still think yeah. the rock is a double agent. I wondered if Roman was going to debut another bloodline member at mania mm. um, because Cody's going to have a lot of backup, but at the mm. same time, how long do they go with this bloodline thing? You know yeah. what I mean? I, I think Jacob Fatu would be a better fit for that. Cause he's, sure. yeah, I, I just think that would, would work out really well. Man, let's get to these super chats, humper chats. What do you think of WWE having CM Punk as a referee for the World Heavyweight Championship match? Doing a Brett HBK Undertaker finish, Drew wins via Punk. I don't know if not, he'll be ready with his bicep, will he? Yeah, I don't know if they do that. I'm, I know they're going to have him integrated somehow, but I just I, don't think it'll be that. I believe he's going to do guest commentary for that match at WrestleMania. HBK and NXT are going to need to sign some free agent names once Mello and Elia are called up soon. I think they're thin at the top of the men's division. I don't know about Tony D. Yeah, they definitely need to restock. But what I would do, people who are not on TV, um, mm -hmm. you, you send them there. You keep sending them there. I think that the Sean Spears edition is great. 43 years old, lives in Orlando, trains people nearby. Uh, Maddie asks for the details behind it. They so Corey Brennan did some great reporting on that, and I, I think that he will become a, a higher tier guy there because he's got history in NXT, he can get over. Uh, I believe AEW let him out of his deal early, but on, on the run sheets, they had him listed as like the quote man or something like that, and they hid him backstage. They, they were hiding the fact that he was going to be there, they wanted it to be a surprise, and they did really, really good. But uh, Corey Brennan had some good details on that one. But like I would, I'd be having Dexter Loomis on NXT right now. Nikki Cross isn't on the main, isn't on TV. I'd right. have him on there or have her on there. I would. That's what I would do. I would, you know, Bobby Roode can't do full time in ring anymore. He said he got the green light. Former NXT champion. Have him go there, work with a young talent. Sure. Help him out. Ricochet too, because he doesn't get utilized a ton either. I think he's been sidelined lately. At least that's okay. what it's what I had heard. I don't know. I don't know the severity of that or anything. Another question for you about Sean Spears. So I, I noticed on because I was I was looking at the, the YouTube clips on WWE's YouTube channel. He's not going by Ty Dillinger this time. He's going by Sean Spears. Yep. Any insight into that? Is did they just kind of recognize this is the name people know? I think it's not as big of a deal now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got a ton of these to get to. Would they sign Tongaloa's uh, G.O.D. Uh, versus Usos? It would be epic. Well, it'd be something. They've they've worked with him in the past. Um, I haven't heard of him mentioned in the past, but anything's possible. But I've definitely not mentioned or heard him mentioned. Hey, Sean and Jimmy, says Brian. Been thinking about the 221.11 or vignettes that led up to Taker coming back for Mania 27. Prior to that, I was uh, convinced those videos were for Sting. Was he ever planned to come to WWE sooner than he eventually did? They had talks. Like, it was almost like a running thing every year. Right. Sting's TNA deal would come up, and we would hear the WWE rumors, and it just never happened until it finally did. He's talked openly about it. He's done interviews about it. He, he just yeah. he wasn't confident in how his character would be utilized there. And you know what? I think he was right in that. He was right because he gets, you know, Hunter goes over him at WrestleMania. I, I yep. think he was, he was right. I think he probably did the right thing. Bolton says women's mania matches apart from the title matches, Tiffany versus Bianca versus Naomi Jade versus Naya, uh, and a four way tag Kabuki's Liv Raquel 
Chelsea Piper, Zoe Baszler. Thoughts? Um, Tiffany Bianca seems like it's on there. I don't know what they have planned for Naomi because they eliminated her first. Jade versus Nia, I'd be surprised if they made that a live match. Yes. First off, even though Nia's been doing great. Yeah. Nia's been doing great. Um, and the four-way tag, I think that, that you could see something like that happen. But we also have somebody who, um, man, where where was it that, that had talked about? There we go. Do you think Jade gets a Ronda-style debut at Mania? Maybe a tag title win with Bianca? Then covers versus Bianca, but maybe too soon. I would like to see them bring back the men's and women's Andre. And I think that just having her win the Andre is a good, safe thing to do. She could eliminate everybody from the damn match even. I agree with it. that. I just, my only concern is, are they going to do it on SmackDown again? They've been doing I don't want them to do it on Royals. SmackDown. Do it on the pre-show, damn it. Yes, I agree. I agree. The, the only other spot for, for me, for Jade, would be Jade and Bianca as a tag team against the Kabuki Warriors. That's a match I thought would be interesting because Bianca had that history mm. with damage control. But uh, yeah, I think Jade and Nia would be a mistake because who's the ring general on that? Nia has to be. Yeah. You know? So uh, I think a tag team with Bianca would be the way to go. I think your battle royal idea is actually a, a really good one. That's yeah. a good spot for her. Sad news. MJF pulled out of the Comic-Con in two weeks that I was going to see him at. What a bummer. What a bummer. Uh, why does it feel like Sheamus has one foot out? Because, I mean, he's he's been pretty, pretty transparent about what he thinks of WWE booking and his contract is almost up and he's been sidelined with an injury. I think trick could be this era's Booker T. Yeah. I mean, he's got that charisma and let me tell you having Booker T there to give him direct advice can't hurt either. Man. Throwback says an amazing birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. Throwback. This is the top it off. Sean Spears and NXT is a shift. Do you guys see him feuding with Ilya Oba or Corbin? If he doesn't go up with Braun what should I expect at Big Business? It's my first AEW show. You should expect Mercedes Monet <laughs> is what you should expect, my friend. There you go. There you You're go. seeing a classic. <laughs> um, I think that Sean Spears with Oba is a good one. That is also another like surefire name. You got Oba, Trick, Carmelo, and Braun. So I think that's that's four pretty solid ones if you can hit on all of those. But I think Sean Spears with Oba is where he can help the most. Because Sean Spears has worked with top talent. He knows sure. how to get over. He knows how to work TV. He's worked with people of all sizes. That's what I want to see. Yeah, that's a good one. Because Oba's the kind of guy that could use a veteran like that. So that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a good spot for Sean. I agree with you. Do you think WWE would let AEW use Sting's WCW footage? Nope, I don't. Any conversation backstage about a WWE women's mid-card title? There isn't, Maddie. This is something that gets asked an awful lot. But it's just not something that I've heard mentioned. I know that the talent have have wanted something like that to happen. But chances of Malachi Black coming back to WWE soon. Uh, AEW would have to turn down his option years. They've got option years on him. So if they do that, and which was once proposed to him, I believe, uh, then yeah. But otherwise... Are they planning on doing Face of the Revolution ladder? I wish they would. I wish they would do it in a women's match, though to get more women on the show. I can see Sting collaborating with Taker for his show. I hope so. I hope we get some Sting-Taker content. But what I expect is to see Sting remain under some sort of AEW deal for merchandising and like ambassadorship and things like that, Jimmy. 
Has Sting ever done any kind of podcasting talking about the the detail and workings of certain stories? Has he ever done anything? Sort like of, that? sort of, and uh, he's done plenty of interviews, but not necessarily a podcast. But right, right, okay. Corey says, "Crazy how the NXT or the four NXT 2.0 fil- pillars could win the title: Braun, Mello, Tony D. Only one missing is Grayson Waller. Oba is the future. I do think Oba is the future. I think that Braun and Mello are the future. Tony D. I think they'll need to adjust him in some capacity, but I mean, he stays over. He's good in the ring, but they'll have to adjust a little bit there. Did you see the clip of Braun Breaker running the ropes on SmackDown? Psychotic man." unbelievable it, like it, it's almost like you hit fast forward on the thing the unbelievable his athleticism brock, was off the charts brock used to run the ropes like that uh, steve austin before the neck injury when he had the hair and everything used to hit the ropes like that crazy what's up guys hope you're well oba is my favorite or no uh, oh, oh osprey is my favorite wrestler excited for him to start tonight oh buddy they're, so i lost their bags they're bringing what is it he lost his bags. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Hopefully they can get make sure his Delta Airlines, there. apparently. <laughs> oh no. That's yeah. one of the that's one of the better ones, too. Mr. CJ Lilly sent a number of super chats that I want us to spend some time on. But before that, I do want to talk about our partner at Bet Online AG. I truly love Bet Online AG. This is where we've gotten our odds for years prior to us doing business with them. The earliest lines, you can bet big with high limits and rebet functionality. They got the fastest payouts and the industry's best bonuses. And it's not just AEW, which we're about to tell you about. It's the NBA, NCAA, UFC, NHL, Champions League, and the like. Uh, The highest credit card acceptance industry-wide. You can play casino games, blackjack, uh, craps, roulette, anything like that over at Bet Online. And they've been in business for over 25-plus years and are uh, trusted by millions. So they posted the AEW Revolution odds, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on some of them from our friends at Bet Online AG. Samoa Joe, heavy favorite to uh, win that match. Uh, I think that that is probably the the right move. I think, so too. I think that's that that's the right decision. I think that's that's the the route that they're going to go. Um, Tony Storm minus six hundred. Hope not. I want to see Deanna Perrazzo win that, but probably safe. She got the momentum. They've got, yeah, they've got Roderick Strong uh, as the favorite to win the international championship. I think Orange Cassidy could end up winning that, but Roderick Strong seems like you know, a culmination of of his push, Jimmy. Orange is he's he's been kind of synonymous with that title for a while, yeah. and uh, and um, Adam Cole's group they. I understand injuries suck and the MGF injury kind of derailed it, but uh, they've lost a lot of momentum. So Roger getting that title, maybe that can help spur things on with them. Will Ospreay a minus 2000. That is, that is one that I would imagine as well. Uh, Christian cage is the favorite over Daniel Garcia. I'd actually like to see Daniel Garcia win that match. Um, and I would like to see the start of maybe an Adam Copeland heel turn right here. That's, that's right. what I want to see. The, the one that I'm looking at and I'm like, I I think pretty solidly it would be different. I think Sting and Darby Allen at plus 200 are going to win their match. I really think so. Okay. I mean, you know what? It's That's the way for him to go out, right? The way for him to go yeah. out is with, is with the win. And yeah. uh, and the Young Bucks, are, are they're portraying this kind of, these, these heel characters that you want to see them get beat. So yeah. 
I'm with you. I'm kind of on the fence about it because you know he's done, but at the same time, yeah. it's the last one. Could go either way. Wardlow, BCC, Eddie Kingston also favorites. I think Wardlow's pretty safe. Go over to Bet Online AG. Check them out, my friends. All of our odds come from Bet Online AG. Uh, man, we've got a few more. We got several more super chats to get to, and they're they're very generous. So we're gonna spend some time on them in a moment. We'll we'll say those towards the end. Surprised WWE hasn't pulled the trigger on Montez. I think they will. Arabian Night. I've been talking about him for Jesus four or five years. Yeah, podcast. Crazy one on one says Kevin Nash not being allowed to attend is wild. That was a little misleading. Yes. So Nash has talked more about it recently, and it makes it sound like it's a Kevin Nash decision. The way that he's talked about it, it. is. Yes. They thought yes. he was going to treat him like TNA treated one of the Highlanders back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He said it he didn't want to have the the nameplate, you know, shown on camera. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, I agree. Although WWE did that to Britt Baker, they didn't do the nameplate, but they had her going. Yeah, that's one of our, Triple H talking about that's one of our most viewed videos ever. Does WWE own the Sting WCW themes if they were produced in WCW, but not the Metallica one? Right. Tony says, I, I'm glad Grapsity gave, or I'm glad I gave Grapsity Petty of the Week, and my suggestion for Hater of the Year last week will now be an award. Keep up the good work, you guys. Rest in peace, Virgil. Yeah, we are officially adding Hater of the Year to the Fightful Awards. That announcement got over 500 retweets, Jimmy. Uh, we got hater got, of the year. Hater of the year. We've already got Dijak and Swerve and Nyla Rose jockeying for position. Hater of the year is going to be a fightful original. So you're talking about social media conduct. Not just that. We're talking about AJ Styles. That man really, he risked falling off the edge of the earth just to hit <laughs> LA Knight with a chair, Jimmy. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Nylon Serpentico going back and forth. You've got Jimmy Uso ruining Jay Uso's life. That's fair. You've got Drew McIntyre <laughs> stuff. You've got Christian Cage doxing where people are buried. Hater of the year. It's going to be great. Do you think this Becky Rhea program is going to lead to dramatic character shifts with Becky, Rhea, and Liv post Mania? And Mr. CJ Lilly says, Hi, SRS and Jimmy. What do you make off the, the calls? Some fans that Becky is overpushed. And should WWE ad live, or does this say, sort of set a dangerous precedent for if fans are booking the show every time they don't like something? So here's my feeling on that. There is a groundswell online, but it has not translated to the live audience. You don't have the live audience going, we hate you, Becky. Mm -hmm. We want Liv. Liv is over, mm -hmm. but they are working this into some sort of story where Liv said, it's not always about you. Mm -hmm. Well, within the story, Liv can't be mad that Becky won the match, but she can be mad that Becky interrupted her match. Yes. I, I don't think that we're going to see Liv added to this. I don't think that it, I think that, Becky versus Rhea from a marquee standpoint is better than if you add somebody else into it. Just like I thought Becky versus Ronda was as well, but they added Charlotte. This is a much different situation though, Jimmy. I think we're just going to see Becky Rhea and then Liv will sort of adjust her character along the way. I completely agree. And, and, and what you just said about raw just is indicative that this whole thing is an angle because not only did Liv confront Becky to say it's not all about, all about you, but after that match occurred, they really got a zoomed-in shot of Liv's face, you know, looking upset about the whole situation. Clearly, it's going to be an angle. I think Rhea's going to retain 
over Becky at Mania, whether it's because somebody interferes like Liv Morgan or whether it's just because she goes over clean. I think Rhea's retaining. Uh, what do you think, Sean? I think Rhea is going to retain too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they peel Becky off and go with Liv after that. Maybe they do a heel turn with Becky. Yeah. But uh, but I think Rhea's retaining, and I think Bailey's taking out Eo Sky. That's my yep. uh, expectation. Corey says, Riddle Wilding on MMA Hour talking about doing coke. Saw that. I mean, listen, you can say what you want about Matt Riddle. He has been accountable for his WWE disciplinary situations since then. Um, I, He's being honest. Is it best when AEW debuts in a new city, they do a one-night one Dynamite collision taping? That way fans get to see the whole roster. I think what they'll do is Dynamite, and then they'll do Collision Rampage the next night sometimes. They'll do back-to-back -back nights, and they'll they'll tape a little bit. I think that's the the route we may see under Koshay Irby in order to save some money on venues, travel, and the like. So Spears and NXT, Chris Danger to WWE confirmed next. When is that interview coming out, Sean? So I did that interview at Royal Rumble. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's, you know, it's good, not, not a shot at Chris or anything like that, but we did it as an evergreen interview. That way I would be able to sort of fit it in whenever we didn't have an interview. Uh, so probably, probably mid late March, something like that before I start to go out to squared circle expo and everything. What did AEW move their Winnipeg date? Feels weird moving it to the middle of the playoffs. I think they wanted to have that flexibility, but those went and got announced like way early under the previous regime of things. And they didn't necessarily have the flexibility they wanted, but again, under Koshe Irby, they're changing things to make it make a little bit more sense. Seth Rollins chose to eat a hot wing rather than say something nice about <laughs> CM Punk to warn him a spot on the hater of the year ballots. He's very smart. He did say that Punk is a man of conviction. He did say that. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think that the the hate is you know maybe as as real as you know the public perception of it at this point. Mister CJ Lilly says, "Can we send some hate to Maxine after those morons?" Some love to Maxine. Live? Love to Maxine. What what did I say? Some hate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we got to clip this. Somebody clip this. No, I'd rather you not because people get very very fucking strange about that. <laughs> Can we send some love to Maxine after those morons booed her at the live event? She's not the best, but she's getting started. Stop embarrassing yourself, guys. Do better and be kinder. So I think there's there's a fine line here. Maxine is a wonderful person. She is great to do media with. She is such a nice person. She is not good in the ring. Mm -hmm. She is starting. She is starting on one of the grandest stages possible. Mm -hmm. You're going to get those reps in. However... I am of the belief that if you are at a wrestling show, unless you are getting personal and you're making personal attacks on somebody, you can boo and cheer as you choose. And if you don't like somebody's performance, I am of the opinion you can boo that person. Again, if you teeter into personal attacks, I think that is completely unfair and wrong. But I think that your opinion should be protected in that sense. Even if the person is a wonderful person, which I know Maxine to be, not only is she wonderful, I've, I've seen her at community events. She's a very giving person. Um, nothing but love for her, and I hope that you know she continues to improve in the ring. I do think it takes a real unique human being to yell something like "You suck, don't come back." Like what kind is that of what the, if if that's what they yell? Yeah, and that yeah, 
to me, that is a personal situation. And it was a grown ass man, a grown ass man that yelled that. So that takes quite the human being to do that. But I got a question for you. Why did Maxine not go to NXT? Do you have any idea why they they didn't send her through that? I mean, they, they had her, she was at the performance center, but I think that you suck is one thing you suck. Don't come back. That teeters into personal. And I'm just like, boo them. Yeah. Boo them if you want. But yeah, because you got to remember, um, like, I, I don't know who she worked on that show, but I know she's been working Nia Jax and she's been losing every night, right? To Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. And so she's just, like you said, getting her reps in. She's going to the back. She stops to wave to the crowd and she's got that jackass, you know? Like, I, I felt yeah. for her. I did. I felt for her when, uh, and she's, there's no way she did. She's no, there's no way she didn't hear that. Of course. You know? Of course. And she, you know, they, them having her on the live events is a very, very good idea. I agree. I agree. She's very good her. idea. Uh, man, we still got super chats. Jay Miller says in interviews, Big E's been campaigning for a meaty men invitational match. Do you know of any plans for this year? Nope. Haven't heard of it. And if I think if there were plans, they would probably move away from it now because of meat madness. Mm. Thoughts on everyone suddenly convinced that Seth is costing Cody the title, uh, Cody the title at Mania. I I don't think so. I think no. if they do that, they they get into really driving your fans nuts territory i agree i think rollins helps i think drew mcintyre helps i think think they should yep it's it's uh i'm looking forward to where they go with that because it's very clear cody is recruiting and so uh it's gonna be interesting will chisholm says i do like how none of the how now how wdb are listening to fans at some points the cody stuff the Liv morgan stuff playing into the reaction we know vince doesn't give a damn vince loved to do the Hey, you know how terribly we book? We're going to do it. Yeah. Watch us. We're going to do it type of thing. Will and says, was it, think- was, sorry to cut you off, but was it not The Rock that decided to pivot and go heel based on the We Want Cody stuff? That is not something I feel comfortable saying as if I know right okay. now because there's okay. it's foggy. I think you do Becky versus heel live after Mania and then live versus babyface Rhea at SummerSlam. I think that maybe Becky should be added into... Like or switched into more of a heelish character, considering she's going against Rhea, who is going to be super over. Yes, she is. And Becky's kind of done it all on this babyface run. Yeah. So I agree. We're cutting off super chats here, guys, because we got to finish these out to head over to the list goes on where I'm going to reveal some AEW pay-per-view news. Could you see a six-way number one contender ladder match with Zayn, Gable, Reed, Andrade, Dom, Sheamus, Knight, one where the winner faces Gunther, Knight, two? I don't hate that idea, but also if you're planning a ladder match, I don't think you can bank on the person coming out healthy the next night and facing Gunther. But I don't dislike, I like that idea. It sounds to me like they're just going to do a multi-man match, like with Gunther oh, man. for the title. Because They did that just, last year. Just the fact they got Chad Gable, now you got uh, Damian Priest, and you got Sami Zayn, you got all these people that are kind of vying for it. How do you, unless they do uh, an elimination match, qualifier match first... All of them yeah. are going to be in there. I mean, it's how it looks. NBA Mixed Stock says, with the quality of women's division in WWE this year, is there any backstage pressure on TK to ramp it up or match it? Well, yeah, because Mercedes is coming in. So that's why you've seen two matches on Dynamite with women. You've seen it regularly on Collision. You're starting to see supplemental stories underneath told as well. Any chance LA Knight and AJ are integrated in the o- Logan Orton storyline? Yeah, I, th- I thought that that would be the case. I really thought that that made sense. Uh, Logan being involved with them, he can be the bump guy as well. 
but yeah, I thought that that would happen. Um, I think that that is more valuable than AJ versus Orton or LA, you know, or, yeah, AJ, AJ versus, versus LA Knight. AJ versus LA Knight and Orton, I got mixed up because LA yeah. was planned to take on Logan at that, yep. that match, yep. at that show. I, uh, I I actually have this on my list. I understand the marquee aspect. I understand Randy Orton and, and Logan uh, Paul is, is a greater marquee. I feel like LA Knight needs it more. As a wrestling fan, I'm not that interested in LA Knight AJ Styles. You can tell me your opinion. And Randy Orton doesn't need the U.S. title. When you put all that together, I think LA Knight's momentum has slowed since Crown Jewel. Sean, what do you think? I think that yeah. bet between him losing to Roman and then Randy Orton comes back, now he's kind of second fiddle on the babyface side. His momentum is slowed. I think that Logan Paul is uh, exactly what he needs. But again, I understand Marquis. So what do you think? Do you think maybe, you know, LA Knight beats AJ Styles, maybe goes after Logan at SummerSlam? Maybe that's the, re the direction yeah. we're going. So. Yeah, I think so. DNC Digital says, saw the report of the WWE MLW lawsuit, had a question when settlements are made, does that impact financial reports or are those funds out already allocated in their legal department, Jimmy? No, it was it was mentioned. So uh, TKO did their 2023 earnings and that settlement was listed because that's definitely an expense and that was listed. Yeah. I was I was joking with Sean about uh, maybe MLW is going to go after some free agents now. But in in reality, uh, MLW is not clearing 20 million bucks. Like a, a chunk of that yeah. going to their going to their uh, legal team. Jeez, but yeah. uh, but no, that is, that is definitely uh, an expense on the books for uh, I, I don't know when it happened. Did that happen pre September 12? Because if it did, it would have been a WWE thing. I'll find out. Okay. I'll find out. Dante says, I'd rather see a face Orange Cassidy versus heel Danhausen program for that belt than Roderick taking it. Danhausen, his money, he can go in the ring. He is money. I hope they use him more for the love of God. Bridget Hewlett. Bridget always sends us these very generous super chats and always has some wonderful animal as her YouTube picture. Uh, she says, I just want to thank you for Fightful for all the great shows. I recently learned that Wrestling is one of my triggers for my panic attacks, so I can no longer watch, but with Fightful, I can get my news. Stay safe. Thank you for helping me through a hard time. Bridget, well, listen, Bridget, if you can drop us a message, I don't know if you subscribe to Select, but come join us in the Discord. Talk wrestling with us anytime you want. Even if you're not subscribed to Select, drop me a message, and I'll make sure that you get that link if you uh, want to use the Discord and you can chat with us about wrestling any damn time you want. We always love having you here. Sorry to hear that, that that affects you. I hope that one day that, that that sort of changes because it's very clear that wrestling brings great joy to you and you bring great joy to us. Mr. CJ Lilly, I know what brings great joy to him. Alexa Bliss. He um, says, if Alexa comes back, I think there's legs to her going to NXT first because she can get in a ring shape, doesn't have to go far. Uh, if she's nervous leaving uh, her child for an extended time, she can win the NXT title. I really like that idea. I think that uh, Alexa Bliss getting an NXT run would be really, really good. And first off, let her let her decide where her priorities are because people keep asking me, when's Alexa coming back? And I'm yep. like, listen, guys, she has a child now, and I'm not saying that she can't do it because obviously she can, but your priorities, once you have a child, may completely shift. Oh, yeah. You, you may take a look at that child and say, I'm good never want to wrestle again. Or you may take a look at that child and say, I want to wrestle because I have this child. I want to prove to myself that I can do it. I want them to be able to see what I can do. Her run with Bray feels like an eternity ago when she was it doing does. that character work. Yeah. 
It does, and we'll we'll sort of wrap up, and I'm going to add a little bit uh, to the end of this. But Mr. C.J. Lilly says, I expect to see Bray inducted in the Hall of Fame. So who inducts him? Hope Alexa attends. I think that's something she'd show up for despite being on leave. Have you heard anything else for the Hall of Fame? I haven't heard anything for the Hall of Fame, but they didn't start to announce that until the first week of March last year. Um, I think that Bo Dallas would probably induct him. They would and probably Mike Rotunda. have Mike Rotunda as well. And Mike Rotunda as well. I think they would make it a, a Bray centric thing. He would be the yeah. headliner. Alexa would probably say some things, uh, but that that's the, who I think should be the headliner. Now, I want to make this clear because we've gotten a ton of of super chats, humper chats, all that stuff. But um, there were an awful lot of people asking me about this, like dead mare YouTube stuff like like that uh, that would was implying like a connection to Bo Dallas and previously Bray Wyatt and all that I confirmed like it had nothing to do with Bo Dallas Bray Wyatt anything like that and they had been in contact with with Bo prior but I know that people had also been in contact with that channel saying hey can you not imply that it's Bo Dallas like people are like getting excited and all this stuff and implying that he's coming back and there were like AI brave voices used. I'm sure they meant well. And the videos were very, very good, very slick, well put together. Uh, they very clearly have a future in video editing, but not WWE connected, not Bray Wyatt or Bo Dallas connected in any capacity, uh, any shape or form. But uh, yeah, just wanted to make that clear. But guys, I want to thank you all so much. I want to thank uh, specifically Mr. CJ Lilly and Bridget Hewlett because they were very, very generous today. Uh, we are largely publicly funded. Another one of those ways is by FightfulSelect.com. I'm heading over there, Jimmy. I don't know if you can join me, but I'll be over there uh, breaking some AEW news. And until I hear uh, a knock at the door, you're talking about kids change your life. Yes, they do. But until I hear a knock at the door, I can hang with you for a few minutes. Uh, guys, join us on the post-AEW show. It'll either be Alex, who is sick, or, or Kate tonight. But... Uh, then join us this weekend for the AEW post show. We're going to have a lot of scoops on Fightful Select. Till next time, guys, we're out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.